The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you all here, but I'm even more excited for our special guest today. He's the founder of CRE Success, Darren Krakowiak. Darren, thank you for joining us. How are you today, sir? I'm doing awesome, Cody. How are you? I am doing great. And as you can hear, folks, we have done it. We've gotten our first guest from Australia. I'm super excited to have you on board. Darren, for those that may be hearing your voice, seeing your face for the first time, hopefully not, but just in case if they are, we always love to start out with a good origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you find yourself doing these days. Happy to. Yeah, I love the format of the show, Cody. I really like how you're Thank focusing you. on unsuccess stories because I think that success does leave clues, but success isn't a great teacher. Uh, sometimes we need to look at some of the not so great things that have happened in life. So I just thought I'd say thank you for putting this format out there. It's it's very useful for the industry. Um, so my backstory is 20 years in commercial real estate. I was at university doing economics and commerce and didn't expect to end up in commercial real estate. But my first job out of university was working uh, for a company that did consulting to uh, shopping center owners and large format retailers, forecasting their turnover if they renovate, if they expand. So that's how I got into the industry. And after that, I worked for a valuations firm as their research head here in Australia. And then I moved over to JLL, which would be a brand that I'm sure your listeners are familiar with. And that's where international opportunities started to open up for me. So I worked for a couple of years in Melbourne, where I'm from in Australia with JLL. And I I let them know when I joined the company that I was interested in overseas opportunities. And to their credit, after a couple of years, they offered me the opportunity to move to Seoul, South Korea. And South Korea wasn't really somewhere that was on my radar before I was offered that opportunity, but they flew me over there for a bit of a a look-see and it was great. So I thought, yep, I can live here. And um, I ended up staying there for 11 and a half years, which was a long time, I guess, when you look at the (laughs) sort of arc of your life. And uh, I I worked in JLL for uh, a further eight years over in Korea. I was heading up a few different departments, research, strategic consulting, tenant representation and leasing. And then in 2015, the opportunity came up to move to CBRE and I became the country head of their career business. was there from 2015 to 2018. I then came home to Melbourne in 2019, back with JLL, but that didn't really work out. So I was there for about a year and just at the start of COVID, when before COVID had happened, my position was made redundant. And then the redeployment that I was looking to get, you know, they started doing the freezing on the hiring and all that sort of stuff. So that didn't work out. The thing that I I guess I saw when I was back in Melbourne, one was that I was struggling in terms of fitting back into a marketplace and, you know, just just making an impact, I guess, in terms of the the same amount of impact I'd had after 11 years in another market. I was doing okay. Like I'd made some progress, but what I noticed was that I was able to help myself based on my own experience, but there were other people who weren't getting a lot of support because maybe other people in the industry aren't so open to giving that support. And also I saw that there wasn't really anyone in the marketplace, unlike in the in North America, where you've got commercial real estate influencers and coaches, there wasn't really anyone doing that in Australia or more broadly in Asia Pacific. So that gave me uh, the idea while I was back with JLL in Melbourne to 
maybe set up some sort of a professional development platform. I didn't quite know what format that was going to be, but when I was made, I had the great opportunity of being able to start a business. So I did that, particularly at the start of COVID when no one was hiring. So I started the business and now it's been going for about two years. It's called CRE Success. And you know, I do a couple of things. I help commercial real estate leaders develop their people and grow their businesses. I also help commercial real estate professionals with things like, you know, saving time, earning more, helping them be top performers through some content that I put out, like a podcast and other things on LinkedIn. And the other part about me, I guess I would put in that introduction is uh, that I'm married and I have a, a beautiful little daughter named Juno, who's going to be two years old in a couple of months. Man, time flies, doesn't it? Thank you for sharing that. We we love a good origin story and, and bravo to you. I know it's a huge leap to go out there on your own. And I know, especially during that time, right when COVID was starting to kind of shut everything down and we were going through that, I can't imagine having to make that decision, kind of balance out, hey, what what's this going to look like for me? But we are big advocates. I know we talked about it right before we hit record. I personally am a big advocate. A lot of people that come on the show are big advocates. If you don't have a successor or somebody that you can turn to that has had success in the industry, that has knowledge, like go get a coach, go get a mentor, subscribe to something. It, it will catapult you much faster than you ever thought. We're big believers of who, not how here. So I absolutely love it. But Darren, I, I can't imagine everything's been perfect for you along the way. So we, we brought you on and hopefully uh, you can share just a little bit about maybe some of the unsuccesses that you face in your journey leading to where you are today and how you're helping others avoid those types of things. Yeah. I, I think when I was thinking about the abundance of stories that I have, which are uh, unsuccess stories, uh, which one I would share with you today, I thought I would talk to you about a few blind spots that I had in my, uh, in terms of attributes that I had and in, in terms of the way that I was dealing with other people and just how those blind spots actually came to the surface, how there were things I was able to actually finally notice and deal with. Because I think that, like I said uh, earlier, success is not a great teacher. And I was progressing very quickly, I guess, for my age in terms of uh, my career and in terms of responsibility, in terms of income. But there were some issues that needed to be dealt with. And I guess the first time that I kind of got a sense of maybe that, that I wasn't as wonderful as I thought I was, was you know back in, I think it was 2012, when I thought I was going to be promoted and I wasn't. And my boss, who I didn't really want to listen to that much at the time, sort of gave me some feedback and I probably wasn't really ready to listen to it. So I pushed it to one side, maybe thought, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Then I was sent on this leadership program and they had a, a 360 assessment. And a 360 assessment is when they you know, interview people who are your peers, your direct reports, sometimes people outside the organization and um, your superiors. And they all provide some anonymous feedback and it's all presented to you in a wonderful report. And um, I saw a couple of things in this report that were very consistent. And uh, the two things that came through from a range of people was that I was um, a little bit arrogant and that I had a short temper. So I thought that is okay, true. I, I can see why they're saying that, but also it kind of was a real surprise to see it written down and for people to so willingly be willing to um, volunteer that information and put it down in writing. So it was a real uh, moment for me to sort of reflect on what is it that I can do in order to change this perception that other people have and for me to be somebody who is not presenting myself in this way. So I really worked hard on being a bit more humble, on trying to be a better leader. I you know, did a lot of reading on 
personal and professional development. Brian Tracy was one that really helped me. I really love his stuff. He was the one who sort of got me introduced to personal and professional development. And I think that it helped, you know, I also sought out a mentor, someone who was actually in another country, but worked for the company at the time. And every couple of months he would meet with me just to have a chat about what was going on. It was good for me to have somebody um, within the organization who was outside of my own little bubble though, in Korea, who I could talk to and provide me with some guidance. And I think that really helped. And, you know, I continued to progress and I became better as a leader. My relationships improved and also my performance improved and I was able to do better things. I think though that the opportunity that came up when I joined CBRE, and that was, you know, a big position. I was in charge of 300 people in that company. And previously I was running a team in JLL with 22 people. So it was a big step up and probably a lot of people would have felt that maybe I wasn't ready. But I, what a lot of people don't know is that I faced a big personal setback just before I got that opportunity presented to me. And I think what that personal setback did is that it further gave me some humility to be a little bit less arrogant in the way that I presented myself. And I was just a little bit more you know, aware of the fact that I can be overconfident when I was going for this opportunity. The other thing actually that that personal setback did in 2015, it probably put me in a position where uh, I met my wife-to-be in 2015. And maybe if I hadn't have had that setback, I wouldn't have been, well, she wouldn't have liked me so much if I had been so cocky at the time. That setback sort of, you know, knocking you down a couple of pegs, I think can be a good thing. It just can help you be in a position where you're ready to receive opportunities that perhaps you might be seen as too immature because of your own sense of a higher sense of self than otherwise, you know, is polite or reasonable in, in, in polite circles, if you like. Yeah. Well, listen, I love the idea and thought of feedback. I've worked for a few different companies in my past that part of their foundation of their organizations. And these are very well-run, very high-value companies. And the part of their foundational principles are on feedback. And I love that you not only got feedback, but you absorbed the feedback and took it and ran with it. Because I think a lot of times us out there think of this... I still call it, and I believe it's true, negative feedback, and it is what it is. It's negative specific feedback that we get this and we feel like it's a personal, but it's not. It's something, a third party, somebody outside of your own person telling you how they perceive you. And perception is reality in the world. And they're telling you the, how they're perceiving you by what you're, the actions and steps you're taking towards them. And if you want a good insight into what kind of a leader you are, what kind of a person you are, getting that type of feedback is absolutely crucial. You get that ability to have that anonymous feedback. I, like I said, I work for many companies, they would do it on a quarterly, if not even more often basis and get that kind of feedback from the people working there because it would be eye-opening what you would perceive you're doing or what you would perceive your, your team was doing and what they would perceive is going on. You got this feedback. You're having to kind of deal with that kind of mindset in your head of, I got to internalize this and, and not take this as a personal attack, but and understand this as a growing opportunity. How do you go through that in your mind and not take that negative approach to that feedback? I think I was a very ambitious person. And I realized that if I didn't make some changes, that it was going to stunt my growth in my career. It was just a 
a realization that I needed to change the way that people saw me. I needed to be able to get along better with people who I was working with in order to get to where I wanted to go professionally. It didn't hurt me too much. You know, I probably was still confident in myself that it didn't, you know, break me or anything like that. It just was a wake up call of something that I could do to improve myself. And, you know, I believe in continuous improvement. And it was, like you say, it's people who are telling me something and maybe they, you know, the, 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 probably there were times where people had told me it. I, I mentioned that, you know, my former boss had, had given me some similar feedback and I wasn't ready to hear it. Probably if I look back, there were times where people were giving me some of this feedback or if I looked a little bit more closely, I would have seen it. But when it's all written down there in black and white, then, you know, it probably takes a whole nother level of arrogance not to, to look at that um, information and to sort of take action. With that being said, though, there was you know one other you know challenge I guess I've had uh, well many challenges, but one other challenge I, I sort of thought of sharing with you and and with your listeners today, and that is you know my own challenges with alcohol. And I've quit drinking since December I think the 29th, 2019. So I haven't had a drink now for you know it's it's over two two nearly two and a half years now. And the catalyst for me deciding to not drink was when my wife was pregnant with our daughter, and you know I sort of said that I was going to be in solidarity with her to not drink while she was pregnant. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, maybe this is the opportunity for me to actually quit drinking. And there were so many warning signs in the past that I should have quit drinking. There were so many personal struggles that I'd had, you know, sometimes it cost me financially. Uh, it had impacts on my professional life as well, but I wasn't ready to quit drinking. And I guess again, because I'd done all this work professionally and I'd tried to become the best leader that I could be. And I'd done all this sort of work to improve myself. I was trying to sort of compartmentalize my professional life from my personal life. And probably over most of my adult life, my personal life has been a little bit of a mess, right? <laughs> and, um, but I thought that if I could keep it separate from my professional life, that it wasn't going to really have a, an impact on my professional life. And the evidence for most of my professional life was that it wasn't having an impact. But I guess that incongruency will end up catching up with you in the end. You know, for me, another thing that somebody said, which really stood out to me, and this was after I sort of started the business, was that your business is a reflection of you, right? And in order for me to have the business that I want to have, then, you know, I need to see through some of the, the personal improvement that I'm embarked on. And, and part of that, I think, is to, to realize that, unfortunately, even though I do enjoy drinking and I love, I mean, I was definitely a work hard, play hard sort of person. And, you know, I love that social aspect of being out in a bar and all of that stuff. But the sad fact is, is I'm not equipped, whether it's in my genes or whatever it is, to, to be able to drink socially and for not to get out of control. So unfortunately, the best uh, thing for me to do is to not drink. I guess uh, a lot of people, and I see it in, in our industry, enjoy a loose lifestyle outside of work. And I guess the message I would have is just, just be careful because mm -hmm. it, can, it can creep up on you. And if you, if you let it keep going, it can, it can get worse. And if I look back at the times where I'd had either warnings from issues that I'd had that it had cost me financially, personally, professionally, or if I look back at actually friends or family members or other people specifically saying to me that you need to look at your drinking and I didn't listen, if you notice that there are people who care about you who are saying that, it might be time to actually stop and listen to what they've got to say because they're giving you that information for a reason.
they're they're wanting to help, right? They they love you, they're invested in you, they want to help. And that's awesome. And congratulations for doing that. I, I know that that's a huge thing. That's a huge milestone. And, and congrats for being two and a half years sober. The thing that I keep hearing in, in your message, and hopefully I'm not putting words in your mouth, but one thing I keep hearing is the idea of you have to be ready and willing to accept these types of feedback, whether it's personal or professional, you got to be in the right place mentally to want to grow, to accept what others are telling you that you can do to improve. And if you're not, then you're, you're not in the right mindset. It's not going to sink. I know you talked about your, one of your bosses early on telling you about some things and it not sinking into a little bit later, same thing with some of the things with your personal life. Would you say that that's the case that, that you have to be ready and willing to accept what people are going to tell you that you could do to help improve before you try and go down that, that path? Otherwise I think it would just be kind of a, a, a wasted use of your and their time because you're, you're just not ready to hear and act on those things. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the, the thing that I've noticed is that I believe it, it, it can be described through having a growth mindset or a scarcity mindset. So can things change or can they not change? And I think I had that growth mindset in my professional life, but there was this, it, I just didn't quite, for whatever reason, have that same mindset in my personal life. And it took a lot of things to happen and change before I was really willing to accept that. And, and I think ultimately you, you've got to arrive at that decision yourself as well. So yeah, take the cues from people when they're telling you things, but hundred people can tell you things, but if you're not ready to listen and to take it on board, then it's not going to happen. So I guess my message is really make the decision to hear those messages, spend some time reflecting, <laughs> focused on some introspection and to um, really consider if the messages that you're hearing repeatedly, if those people have a point, because if there's, if you're hearing a lot of the same message, then there's a very good chance that they do. Yeah. There's an underlying den- like denominator there that that's kind of the common theme in that sort of thing. So Darren, I- I honestly can't thank you enough for coming on board, sharing some some great experiences with us and, and your learns along the way and how you've grown professionally and personally. I absolutely love being able to hear that and share it with our audience. So thank you so much for doing so. For those that want to work with you, that want to learn from you in the future, I'd love for you to tell people where they can find you at. Two things. One is CRE Success, the podcast. So uh, you can check out our back catalog uh, of episodes, or if you want to find some of the free resources from the platform CRE Success, you can go to CRESuccess.co forward slash links, L-I-N-K-S, and there's a range of different resources that you can download for free there. Perfect. We'll have a lot of those links in the show notes for everyone to quickly click on. Again, Darren, I, I honestly can't thank you enough for joining us today, sir. It's been really a pleasure. Awesome. Loved it. Thank you, Cody. Absolutely. And hey, everyone, thanks for listening and watching at home. We'll see everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.